I'm here with Chase Coher. Hey, Chase, how are you doing today? Doing great, Gary. How are you? Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks a lot for coming on the, the podcast. This is, I think, episode 164 of Get a Job in Tech podcast. So tell, tell the audience a little bit about, about yourself. Yes, uh, I'm based in uh, Austin, Texas, you know, big tech startup hub uh, here in town. Uh, was born and raised, five brothers, played played college basketball, and after school kind of found my way into the tech space in a recruiting capacity. So I uh, started Aim for Hire, the, the company I now own and operate, uh, about three years ago. So we're a tech recruiting company working with software and, and hardware IoT type companies uh, here in Austin, Texas, as well as uh, Silicon Valley, a bit in New York and and everywhere in between. Um, so uh, big on just recruiting, hiring, offering advice to people, interviewing and trying to get jobs in tech. Okay. How did you, you get started? Are you a, a tech person? How did you get started in your role as a, as a tech person? Yeah, I, um, to be honest, I was not a tech person um, coming out of college, kind of had a business uh, management type degree. And, uh, but, you know, living, growing up in the Austin, Texas area, uh, you get exposed to quite a few tech companies and it being kind of a software hub. Um, so coming out of college, I knew that's the, that's the space I wanted to be in. I wanted to be in a disruptive growing industry and obviously tech kind of fits that. Uh, so I, I just found a way in more of a sales type kind of capacity getting into the tech world. And then from there, you know, kind of found a passion for just connecting uh, different parties in the tech world. I kind of realized that I was not going to be a software engineer that revolutionized the, the game. So I was like, why don't I connect software engineers with prospective companies um, that are hiring and looking for those kind of top talents. So uh, so honestly, just kind of saw an opportunity started from, you know, a low level sales recruiting type role and kind of just kept moving my way up. So what, what excites you about your, your, your position that you have now? Uh, really is just uh, obviously the demand for tech talent kind of keeps growing despite, you know, COVID economic ups and downs. So, you know, I think the, uh, the demand, but also obviously the influence that tech has in, in all these different industries that, you know, either were early adopters or are just now kind of forced to kind of adopt certain technologies uh, over the last couple of years. So I think um, what excites me is obviously like, you know, the companies we get to work with and recruit on behalf of, um, but also, you know, the different industries that now are looking for tech talent. Um, you know, it's just about every, every industry vertical you can really think of there, there's demand for hardware, software, different types of engineers. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's retail companies that, you know, maybe a fast food restaurant and some kind of McDonald's. I mean, you know, since when did you really think of technology when you thought of food, but now there's delivery, there's online, it's just kind of, uh, across the board. So I just think it's interesting how, um, you know, tech continues to grow at a rapid scale. And, and it's just interesting to see how uh, the talent pool will continue to grow as far as having more and more tech educated type folks in the job market. Based on your experience and what you see, you know, as a whole holistic view, if you will, what advice would you give someone working and say like McDonald's or Walmart, trying to get into and, and trying to get a job in tech? you know, their entry-level tech job? Yeah. Uh, 
you know, I think when it comes to anything, I mean, research, research and, and trying to develop a network of people that might be in a industry that you're not, um, you know, I, I think we're a connected world, right? I use utilizing social media, utilizing a LinkedIn or something like that to, to connect with people that maybe, maybe they're not like-minded yet, or maybe they're in a job that you potentially would want to join, like an entry-level type tech job. So trying to find those people either in your friend network or outside of that network that, that have made that jump uh, and, and obviously kind of trying to, to pick their brain on how did they get from, you know, working at McDonald's into an IT type role. Um, I'd imagine a lot of it, you know, could consist of getting an associate's degree or going to some type, some type of academy to get that kind of education. Um, but, you know, those often cost money. So I, I think it, it really, it really kind of leans on research and, and seeing what other people have done to make that transition because, between Reddit and every other outlet online, you know, you can find another person that was like you that made the jump. You just have to kind of take the time to read up and then try to do your best to obviously put yourself in that same position. So I, I myself have been on lots of interviews or whatever, and I always interview no matter what, doesn't matter. I always go to interviews. I always put resume out there all the time, just so I can, I can stay competitive basically. What, I find for me, and maybe a lot of the uh, listeners do, when I have my resume is like a page or two pages and they say, do you know this? And I say, well, I don't know that. And then they can change it. I really don't know that. And in tech, I have to know, it's kind of hard to know what to, you know, what to do. So for instance, talk about, okay, a couple different job positions, right? A network administrator, talk about the the entry level for a network administrator and say a system administrator and say a software um, developer, those three, can you, can you hit on those? Like the entry level, what they would, what they would need. Sure. Um, I, I certainly can speak to the sysadmin and, and the software end as far as what those needs are on, on the network side. Uh, you'd have to forget my knowledge probably isn't as high level as yours is in that regard. Um, I know, you know, when it comes to, you know, college degrees, I think have, you know, as you probably have experienced, have become less and less important, uh, I think, for those entry level jobs. Now, certainly some companies, you know, depending on how archaic their recruiting departments are, you know, they might still follow the same, like only looking for bachelor degree type people. Um, but I feel like those more advanced tech companies and, and those ones that kind of see past that have, have let go of that requirement and look more at you know, do you have a GitHub account? Do you have any samples of work? Do you have your own kind of personal website that exists, you know, that has your resume, but also maybe has some information on some projects that you've taken on? Um, you know, I think if you're entry level, you might not, you don't have a track record yet of working at a company. So, um, so, you know, even when we were talking about earlier, being that kind of retail worker looking to crack in, you know, I think you want to find ways to display how you've, kind of put your best foot forward and you've done work outside of your job to try to kind of learn and position yourself to make a jump into, into tech. Um, but I, I think for software engineers, GitHub's a huge one. I mean, obviously kind of having a repository that, that show outlets, you know, shows your skills. Um, but then I think on the other side, you know, system admins, things of that nature, you know, you want to use your network. Um, and if you don't have a network, I, I think it's, you know, you can go on LinkedIn and, and think about the a tech company in your neighborhood 
maybe it's Dell, maybe it's Google, whatever it is. Um, you know, you can go on LinkedIn and, and look at every system admin at Google in St. Louis or in Austin, Texas, you know, send them a connection invite. Um, you know, it's just like adding a friend on Facebook and you can drop them a line of just like, Hey, you want to grab coffee or lunch? You just want to kind of learn how I can potentially get in, you know, at Google or how, how can I best position myself to get a job like yours? Um, I think inherently people are pretty friendly uh, and, and appreciate when someone wants to know what their backgrounds like, how they got to where they are. Um, you know, I think I think that's the cool part about tech is it tends to kind of be, uh, yeah, I don't know. Everybody tends to look out for each other if if you're willing to make the effort to to try to understand them and understand their career and, and how maybe they can help you. For, for jobs, say I've I've experienced this myself, where and I'm sure the audience is as well. Where you go in and they say, okay, you know, you're say you're sysadmin uh, sys or a software person, and they say, well, do you know C or Java or whatever? Right. And then you know it uh, on the phone, you're talking to, say, like a recruiter, but they don't know it, but they're not able to pass you to the next step because you can't demonstrate it to them. And so some of those people who are, who can, I can show you how to do it. And if you need me there on a Friday and it needs to be done, I can do it. No problem. But, but I can't explain it to you in, in word speak, basically. Can you, those people, those type yeah. of people I'm finding, can you elaborate on a little bit that, how you would approach that as a group? Hmm. That's a great one. I, I think that's the biggest caveat or probably like the, the biggest stereotype of like recruiters. And, and frankly, in a lot of ways they deserve it is like, they, they don't understand, you know, they understand tech, software, hardware as, as just keywords, you know, C++, whatever, whatever it is that they're, it's very surface level as far as what their understanding is. Um, so I think a lot of, you know, a lot of those entry level questions, depending on how big the company is, you know, they're so, they're so basic. And if it's hard for you to kind of explain how you, how you would utilize C++ in that instance, um, you know, I think it makes it incredibly difficult for someone that's trying to interview with these companies. So I understand the frustration. I mean, I think my suggestion is just, you know, if you can't explain it, finding a direct correlation between an instance in which you use C++ that like benefited your current situation or your current company, or you were, you were working on a major project. Um, so instead of just saying like, yeah, I do have experience with that. And let's answer the general 21 questions game you know, maybe you can actually give a detailed example of like, this is how I use C++ in my current job to better enhance, you know, this application uh, or, or this uh, middleware. I, I think that's where, you know, when you, when you don't know how to maybe answer this some generic question, you find a way to answer it in a way that like giving an example of how you've used it versus the exact ways you use it. Oh, that's is that great. helpful? Have you ever tried that? Is that? I don't know if that was a good answer to that question. Yeah, that's a great answer. I love it. Yeah, that's great. I I think it's like to great. me, as an athlete, you know, playing ba playing basketball in college, it's like how do you dribble? And it's like I know how to dribble and shoot, but I can't really explain like how you dribble. You know, you have to use your hand and you know whatever. It's kind of like um, I don't know. I like to just you know. I think that also is when you have a resume or when you have something that displays some of the work you have, you know, you can kind of point to that to a recruiter. Because at the end of the day, the recruiter is not going to be able to look at your GitHub, you know, GitHub repo and be like, oh, wow, you're a great coder. Um, you know, they aren't going to have that technical language. So I think 
really they're just the gatekeeper. So some of those questions are just weed out questions. So I think you want to be careful, like answering some of the cultural ones. Like if they, do you care about work-life balance? And it's like, of course I do. But so, you know, the, the recruiter might be trained to look for somebody that's willing, going to be working a lot of hours. So if they say yes to the work-life balance, then don't put them to the next stage, you know? Um, so I don't know. That's kind of my thoughts there. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. You know, interesting you say that. The uh, I don't know a lot of people are talking about it, but I, I, I would think that this is a prevalent thing. Um, or someone has extra time. They're working in an IT job. Maybe they work from home. And they want a second job. So I've had actually had experience with this. I used to work at Amazon as a, a handler, a package handler. So I had a job and then I had a, a Amazon job. And it would be really nice to have, say, a second job that pays just as much. Like, a, you know, and how, how does that work with recruiters and all that stuff? I know maybe they're not, you know, wanting to hire people like that. But if you only get paid for eight hours, let's say, um, then you talk, talk me through that. What's the typical, what would be, what would you not say? What would you say if you're talking to your recruiter? Like, Hey, I have a job ready. I just want this as a second, a second, uh, second job. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I, we've run across that a couple of times. I, I think, you know, if the job that you're applying to or that you're interviewing for, you know, if it is a contract that if it is an eight hour a week contract or whatever it is, you know, I, I think versus if you're interviewing for a full-time 40 hour a week position uh, where you're going to be paid a base salary, like I, I would be very careful if you're interviewing for a full-time base salary type position to talk about how you also like intend on working another job that might, that might freak some companies out. Um, but I would say like, especially as a consultant or a contractor, um, you know, I, I don't know what, honestly, I don't know if the, what the right answer is as far as like, should you be upfront and kind of share with them that you intend on working other jobs? I mean, I think that's completely acceptable for a contractor, even if, even if it's like a 30, 40 hour a week type contract that you're taking on. Um, you know, I think as long as you're committing those exact number of hours, they, you know, they don't really care about anything else. Um, but it's a good point you bring up as far as like a recruiter might be a little taken back if you kind of talk about all the other contracts you're working besides just theirs, because everybody wants to feel like theirs is the most important. What, what would what would you do your your resume? Um, how would you say like you, you put in what you put like company confidential um, when you're applying in another job? Because you don't want them to find out that you already have a job. But you want us to hear that second job. Say it's eight hour, and then hey, I, I'm off at five, and then from five on, I'm free. So I want this second shift job. Well, how would you? What would you put in your resume so that it doesn't kind of um, put put in your red flags or whatever? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I would say, you know, I think honesty can be the best policy. I think. You know, if, if you're committed from eight to five, but you're looking for a job that's six to nine p.m. or, or whatever that is, yeah, I, I don't see. You know, as long as that lines up with the job you're applying to, um, you know, I don't see any problem with with kind of just saying that. Yeah, from eight to five, you're working. You know, you can have your resume reflect that you're currently working a job, but maybe you specify the hours in your resume that you're working eight a.m. Central to five p.m. Central, uh, Monday through Friday. Um, you know, I, I think the 
probably the greatest concern is if they're going to be, you know, we see it quite a lot is with people that will take on like full-time jobs, but they also still want to kind of have their own, uh, you know, app agency where they're on the side, they're willing, they're able to kind of create their own apps and sell it to whoever they like. Um, but some companies get territorial and kind of like that's their proprietary, you know, that, that should be part of their ownership. So I think, you know, I, I think with your resume, like kind of being straightforward with how many hours you're working in your current role. Um, but maybe, maybe you have a cover letter or maybe you attach something with your application that kind of specifies that you're working, you're currently working X number of hours at this company, but you also, and you intend on kind of adding another job on top of that. Um, that might help the recruiter kind of understand that you'd still want to keep your current job, but you're just looking to add a, a, an additional job on top of that. I, um, I wanted to ask if a company can hire me, let's say, but they hire you to find me, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. what, what's, what's the benefit in that versus them hire me directly or they have an HR or their manager has a bunch of resumes and what's the benefit what is the benefit, like a tech systems or one of those type of companies? What's the benefit in that? Yeah, uh, I think when it comes to like the bigger, especially the big recruiting staffing firms, which they traditionally work with, like the bigger companies, like kind of, you know, that are hiring thousands of people a year, um, you know, speed is one thing that a company would get out of using, you know, a big recruiting agency is that, you know, tech systems has a giant database of resumes and and people's information that they're always talking to so if you're a hiring manager and you're like hey i need this you know my best my best engineer just quit and i need to find a i need to find someone to fill his spot in two weeks like you know maybe we open a job online but we also go to tech systems or insight global or one of them and we ask them to also recruit on the role so that way it's just kind of a different funnel of talent coming in um, and it's really just the network that those big recruiting firms have built and like the people that they could get in touch with right off the bat. Um, for us, like we're a more of a boutique recruiting firm. So we work with kind of companies that aren't enterprise size, like they're smaller. So in a lot of cases, you won't have, you will, you probably haven't heard of any of the companies we work with because they're kind of like up and coming. Um, so they would hire us to kind of almost in one way to spread the word on their brand and kind of build brand reputation amongst the talent pool. So we would go out to kind of top tech talent and kind of educate them on who this company is and that they're hiring and, and why that might be compelling for enough for that person to go join them. Um, but, uh, you know, slightly off track there, but the big recruiting firms, you really go to them for speed. You go to them for volume of resumes and candidates just to give you more options. Um, and then in some cases, I mean, you have such a good, you know, those recruiters build relationships with managers. So if that manager trusts that recruiter to go out and find him or her the best people, um, you know, they're going to start kind of leaning on that recruiter to go out and find him. Um Whereas if you just post the job online and, you know, then you, then you never know who's going to apply. Right. Um, and sometimes you get like 150 applicants and does that hiring manager want to go through all of those or would he rather just lean on a tech systems to kind of do all the phone screening and vet out the good ones and then send him to all the best ones that come out of that. Do they ever do any personality almost uh, so you were a college basketball star. 
uh, you know, obviously, right? MBA, probably credentials, <laughs> draft, all that stuff. Yeah, stars know. and overseeing, right? <laughs> so there's some, I've heard there's some tells. There's a tell that somebody's body language when you go play basketball. Is that the same thing in recruiting? Do they have like a tell where there's certain uh, um, certain things you you can see in a in a candidate having seen like a thousand people or whatever? Is that uh, something that that you see? For sure, yeah. I think there's you know recruiters, especially when they're when they're dealing with you know when they do this all day, right? I mean that's that's they're looking through resumes and LinkedIn profiles all day. There are certain things that are going to stand out. There are certain things that are going to be red flags. There are going to be certain things that are going to be like, wow, this candidate's perfect. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, those recruiters, you know, they have a job description. They have maybe a couple notes from the hiring manager on what they're looking for. But outside of that, it's kind of up to the recruiter to find, like, just based off their knowledge of working with that hiring manager, like what they're looking for. Um, I, I think you know, if it's a, if it's a contract type role, then your tenure doesn't matter as much. I mean, if you have a history of, you know, quote unquote job hopping, or you've been in multiple roles, that isn't as big of a deal for a contract type position, but it, let's say it's a salary full-time position. You know, sometimes that if you have a, if your resume shows that you've been, you've had eight jobs over the last six years, like that could be considered a red flag or a tell that that's not a good thing. Um, and that's not fair across the board because obviously you, you know, usually there's a lot of situations that, that, that are out of the candidate's control. Um, but that's just one of like, kind of one that I, I think some recruiters probably put too much weight on. Um, you know, the other is, is industry, the same side, you know, they're looking at a, a resume's background and like, are you, are you just saying like, you're maintaining your main, like if your job, let's, let's say your profile just talks about, I maintain this system. I maintain that. Like, like, I think you want to kind of look more for action verbs on your resume to where like I built this, or I took the initiative to do that. Um, I completed this. Uh, I think like sometimes the resumes are so vague um, that, you know, I think there's some benefits to kind of going into detail. So your resume does stand out a little bit from the thousand other people that are applying for that same job. Um, so I would just consider kind of, you know, how you can differentiate the way your profile looks. Um, having a LinkedIn profile really is, it gives you more personality than just a sheet of paper that has, you know, your resume on it. I, I think having a picture, having kind of like seeing who you're connected to, like, I think those things kind of also give you a little more it gives it a little more flavor, I guess. Um, and, you know, if someone has a LinkedIn and a resume, recruiters definitely look for that as well, um, which is weird, but it's just kind of something I've noticed. <laughs> what what type of, uh, what type, are there any websites out there, like a Grammarly, let's say, that says, you know, take the resume and say, nope, make it look like, or some AI, let's say, that, that changes it. Do they have something like that out there? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Gram I think Grammarly, there there are a couple AIs out there. I, I don't know any off the top of my head that would kind of help with resume writing per se. Um, but I do think yeah, as simple as like highlighting a verb and right click right clicking on it and looking at synonyms, uh, or or just kind of re-looking at your resume and just thinking about like, you know, step away from your resume for a second and be like, if I was a manager reading my resume, like 
what does this tell me about myself, you know, you? Um, and I think too often, like, you know, since resumes are so archaic, you just kind of like jot down, I did this, I did that, I did that, I did that, and that's it. Um, you know, I think it's important to kind of stop and think about, you know, how, how you want to describe your job, but I would always kind of try to highlight, you know, what did you achieve or what were some projects that you worked on that you feel like, you know, are, were hard, uh, but you were able to, you know, find something out from that. I think it's just, you know, hugely important to try to have your resume stand out. Um, the other thing is I think, you know, recruiters, like we were talking about earlier, like recruiting firms tend to look for keywords. Um, so they're searching on LinkedIn, they're searching on Indeed, Monster, all those things. And they're looking for, you know, if you, let's say you're applying for a network admin, like they want to see what type of networking skill certifications you might have. Um, so when they're looking through thousands of candidates, you want to make sure that yours is one of the ones that kind of pops up to the top, right? So I think you always, you know, you do, you don't want to put every keyword in the book on your resume, but you do want to be, uh, I think, cognizant of like including, um, you know, if it's comp, whatever the skill or whatever hardware, whatever tools you were using, that you're documenting those on your resume as well. Is, is there a, uh, like with the IT, let's say IT, the IT manager, they've worked at the job for say 20 years and they're just there. So they're kind of out of the whole, um, how to hire people basically, they just work there and yeah. you know, they don't have to hire them. But, so anyway, when they go to hire somebody, well, they have this old archaic, let's say 10 year old uh, job description. Does companies like yours say, hey, let me update this. This is what you're really looking for. Do you, is that what you do as well? Or is that what a recruiter does as well? Uh, in some cases, yes. In, in other cases, uh, you know, I think the recruiter just does whatever they're told to do. Um, so I think some of the managers that maybe have been doing it the same way for 20 years, you know, they might get stuck getting, you know, either not getting a lot of candidates for their role or getting ones that have also been working in the same type of role for 20 years and haven't really updated their skills either. Um, it doesn't really help to advance the technology of the company they work at. Um, but, you know, I think recruiters sometimes will make suggestions on like, you know, there's a lot of people out there with this skill set, but there's not as many out there with this skill set. Like, would you be willing to consider someone that maybe doesn't have a certification, but they have three years of work experience or, or you know, so I, I think usually there is a, like a communication between the recruiter and the hiring manager of like, how can we make this job attractive? How can we find the right people? Um, but also, you know, it's not just looking at, not just the job being attractive, I guess, because if they're looking for something like that's really outdated, you know, that, that might just be what they need. Um, they might not be interested in someone that has more modern or up-to-date kind of tech skills, which is weird, but I guess that's kind of how it goes based on, that's why hiring managers are so fickle. It's like, if you have a, if you have certain ones that are set in their ways and, and want to keep using the same technology that got them to where they are, then, you know, it's kind of their decision, unfortunately, in a lot of cases. I'm curious about how that works. Do you recruit for overseas jobs too, for say like Qatar, Dubai, places like that at all? Do you have jobs over there? I do not. No, I do not. Um, we're all in Texas and the U.S. for the most part. Or actually for, yeah, mostly in Texas, but some outside of Texas, but all in the United States. 
not even for like the government, U.S. government contracts overseas? I, in past jobs, uh, when I started this company three years ago, we're, you know, we work pretty uh, centrally with like companies that are small, the, like fast growth startup size. Um, in previous jobs, we worked with the bigger enterprise companies. And in those cases, I did some recruiting kind of across the U.S., but it was more, uh, more so focused on the U.S. Okay, so is there anything else? Uh, so how can people contact you, get in contact with you? And, and all that, what are your socials and all that stuff? Yeah, um, I, so my link, you know, LinkedIn, as I've kind of alluded to, I spend a lot of time on there. Um, it's just Chase Coher, K-O-C-H-E-R. Uh, our company's called Aim for Hire. So it's the AIM, the number four, hire, H-I-R-E. Um, but um, yeah, th those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. You can go to our website and there's a contact message me page, but you know, we're a team of 20 recruiters in, you know, in Austin, but we're growing. So I think hopefully, you know, we're going to have more and more opportunities across the U.S. Uh, outside of just, you know, in Texas. Well, I'd like to thank you very much, Chase, for coming on the podcast and uh, have yourself a great day. You too. Thanks for having me.